0: It's good to see you today. Just a few uh, words about where I came from. In 1954, I went to college, and I flunked out my first year. No, I didn't flunk out. I I couldn't go back. I got in trouble. So, I started at another place, and uh, I got in trouble before I left that one so uh two colleges wouldn't let me in anymore. but the second one I did meet my wife there, and so, after two years, we got married and uh, uh we were married in fifty six in uh, July and then October, I came home from work one night and said, Lord, uh, I've been running from you. I'm so sorry. And uh, if you can use us, here we are. That next Sunday, we attended a church in our our neighborhood. We'd been going to another one. Signed a visitor's card, and the pastor came out the next week to visit and said, uh, I told him what we'd done by our bed the week before, and he said, you know what? I've been looking for an associate. Would you be interested? (laughs) So within two weeks after we would knelt down by our bed in our little apartment and said, Lord, here we are, if you can use us, I was the associate of an 800-member church in Wichita. And uh, I got to work with two pastors during the next three years, one of them for two years. And he taught me how to care for people. I'll always look back to those two years as the time when uh, I really had my heart broken for the needs of people. Wichita had, at that time, had five hospitals, and we made hospital calls every day. Uh, whether our people were in it or not, we went to five hospitals. And because they kept registers of who was there, and if they didn't have a church attendance or a church background, uh, we'd go see them. So evangelism was involved there, too. But I thank the Lord for Everett, because he taught me how to care for people. We visited in every home in the membership each year. Now, 800 members, you keep. Uh, just figure that out if you want to. Uh, and I had that in my, my requirements, I guess, for uh, many years. And, uh, <clears throat> I, I appreciate that. The next man I worked with taught me how to pray. And, uh, we believed in, or he believed in prayer and taught me that prayer is powerful, so let's use it. So we prayed for everything and everybody. Uh, no matter where we were we prayed for people and uh, i thank the lord so much for that but most of uh, what i've done the last uh, 50 it will be 55 years in october of this year i've been in ministry and uh, most of it has was started with those two men so i thank the lord for that i went to seminary in uh, asbury in kentucky and i learned there that uh, you pray for the sick and you expect you expect healing at that time i think it's changed a little now but asbury had two emphases the spirit filled life and praying for sick people and uh, that was ingrained in us for 3 years so uh, i came from a little town in western kansas and uh, we had one little church and i don't know that we ever prayed for sick people uh, but I thank the Lord for the emphasis at Asbury. I learned how to pray, and uh, I thank the Lord that it's been interesting to see some people from time to time get healed. And when you see one, that makes you get up in the morning the next day to try it again. Uh, I want to talk to you just a little bit about some practical things. You'll see on your paper there's a, two pages there. I'm going to deviate just a little bit from it, but uh, it'll have the same material in it. So, uh, uh, James, would you pass out that little card, please? And I could have used uh, Tom's wrestling experience a few times. (laughs) I'll never forget when we first began to... Feel like the Lord was leading us into freedom ministry. We were at uh, down on I twenty where Grace Prep is. I was a pastor there for twenty one years, and uh, we were just trying to get into the healing ministry and helping people become free from their bondages. I'd invited somebody to come and share. Three or four nights. And, uh, it was the last night. And, uh, he preached and preached and shared and gave an invitation and all that. And we'd seen a few things happen the three or four nights before. But, uh, here was a man who was just plain demonic. And, uh, he said, He's yours. I gotta catch an airplane. And I thought, my goodness sakes, Lord, please, please don't do that. So uh, we took him in my office after the service, and uh, this was a learning experience. We had one man hold him down on his one hand and one on the other and one on a foot and one on a foot and one in the middle. And we prayed and commanded, and he just foamed and re- writhed. What, what's the word for it? Whatever. And I learned through that next uh, probably 10 hours that there's got to be a better way than that. (laughs) And I felt like, Lord, uh, surely you haven't called us into that to uh, have to do it this way all the time. But once in a while you need that experience. Mary got in on a situation just a few weeks ago. And, uh, boy, we had a young lady. And I got really wounded. In fact, my hand is just healing up now. And I needed some of that uh, wrestling experience. But praise the Lord, she was back the next week, a whole different person. So aren't we glad that God's at work? Isn't that exciting to see the Holy Spirit move in in a person's life and break off some of the bondages and the things that they've lived with all of their lives? in uh we came to arlington in 1981 to pastor church down on i-20 it wasn't there yet it was meeting in a motel but we built that building where grace prep is now in fact i had the honor of helping to start grace prep so our elders took a risk for two years and uh, paid the bill and, and we thanked the lord for it but at that time uh I knew a little about it, but had some experiences, but a man by the name of John Wimber, and Gary mentioned him, uh, came to town, and uh, somebody thought I needed it, so they signed me up for his conference in Dallas, and Shirley and I, our lives were changed that weekend or that few days. We found out that... uh, Maybe we hadn't been doing it all wrong, but there were sure some easier ways to do it than we knew how. So I thank the Lord for John Wimber. Some of you may have read some of his books or heard him preach. But uh, the next five steps I'm going to share with you come from his outline. Now, there's only four in that yellow paper, so uh, if you want to add another one along the way, there are two of them have been combined there. Some things we need to do. Now, these are practical things. Let's say you know of somebody who wants to be prayed for. Uh, Sunday morning, tonight, in your home, or wherever. You need to have an interview. Now, I don't mean it needs to be business like necessarily. But you need to find out why did you come for prayer. I have a fun praying for people in restaurants. Any of you pray for people in restaurants? Uh, I have so much fun. But it's important that you do an interview even there. Uh, I usually try to sit on the end of the booth by the, by the aisle, so, uh, or the chair, whatever it is, so that whenever the waitress or waiter comes and, uh, puts our food down, I just put up my hand and, grab it if grab hers or his if i can and say uh, we're going to pray for our food and thank the lord that may we pray for you and some of them look startled you know and some of them say yes and i always ask what can i pray for now that takes people by surprise and if they don't answer after a few startled moments i said what are you praying for What are you praying for? What would you like to have happen in your life? Or what do you need to speak to God about? And almost invariably, they will begin to share something. I've had people fall down on their knees right there by the booth as we pray. But you see, you need to interview. You need to find out what did you come for prayer for? Why are you here? I like to be very specific. Uh, When when some let's say in a service, let's say tonight, somebody comes for prayer and you're a couple of you or three of you are in a team to pray for them. Why did they come? And ask the Lord even before they come, even before you come to the front to begin to pray, Lord, help me to be discerning. Help me to hear your voice. Help me to know exactly what you're saying. Remember, Jesus said in um, in Luke. Uh, I think it's Luke 8, no, Luke 5:19. I only do what I see my father doing. So be very careful that you only do what you see your father doing. I've not been, uh, I'm not, I've not kept that only the last few years. And I would pray for things that didn't need to be prayed for. Have you ever done that? There's some things you don't need to pray for. But if you're doing, you're committed to do what you see the Father doing, then invariably the Holy Spirit's going to plop into your spirit something that needs to be prayed for. And uh, usually if you ask lovingly, kindly, uh, what can I pray for you? Or how can I pray for you tonight? Or why did you come to be prayed for? Usually they'll tell you. You might want to go a little further than just that when they begin to share. You want to know a little more. And you've already asked the Holy Spirit to give you discernment, give you that gift of discernment that will help you to know exactly which direction to go. You see, it might be that that person has terrible unforgiveness, and they're anxious, they're fearful, uh, they've got migraines or whatever, but the Holy Spirit may show you that, you know, there's something else you need to minister to first. So very gently, treat, as you've already heard, treat people like you'd like to be treated. Very gently, very carefully, very courteously. uh, Say, what about this? Uh, What about this? Uh, As Gary's used the illustration, do you hate your mother? Yep, I do. Or maybe it's not that obvious, but is there something that's going on in your life right now that, or in your family that is maybe leading to this. Interview is so important. I like to spend enough time on the interview and not just barge in to do prayer. Because many times it's at that first interview time that the Holy Spirit's going to show you exactly the way you need to go. Uh, observe what kind of person has the bug. Okay? You don't need to ask him, what bug do you have? But observe the person there before you. Observe their facial expressions. Observe the nervousness if it's there. Uh, observe that person, and you've already asked the Holy Spirit to reveal to you what's going on. And you'd be surprised when you're with a person, say, f- three or four minutes, if you're observant. You can tell some things that they're facing or some things they've gone through. Can't you? How many of you like to do that? You like to wait on the Lord to show you things from people. It's important, isn't it? Wait on them. Know who you're praying for, not just what you're praying for. And uh, we don't see what we don't know how to see. Uh, continually ask the Spirit, help you to know, help you to see things in the Spirit so that as you minister to people, uh, he can just plop it down in your spirit and you'll know, hmm, that's right, I, I sense that. Thank you, Lord. And I can see that on the person. And many times the person will already confirm it by what they're saying. Spiritual gifts are important. I've had people ask me many times, should a person who does not have the gift of healing pray? Pray for somebody. Uh, what do you think? Sure, my goodness. If you're asked to pray or you have the opportunity to pray, it might be the Lord's gonna give you that gift of prayer, gift of faith right there. Gift of healing. Okay? Uh, I think He can give those gifts to whoever He wants to at whatever time. Doesn't really matter when. Ask the Lord for supernatural healing. Uh, word of knowledge. In fact I shared a picture with somebody this morning during our prayer time. And uh, I think it's good. Sometimes the Lord gives me pictures of of what's going on or what the person is maybe something about the future. But however he does to you I believe that's God's gift to you and he wants to use it as a result of it. Does that make sense? Uh when people share with you what they're going through, why they need prayer, it might be just plain old human stubbornness that's caused the difficulty. It might be demonic, but I believe the Holy Spirit will show you. So, interview is important. The next one is diagnostic decision. Now, you've all, have you all been given this little card? Uh, I just kind of like that outline. Put that in your spirit so that when you're praying for people, you might able to to skip over one or two of them, but it's important to go something in this order, I feel like. Uh, Diagnostic decision. What caused this problem? Why is this person going through that? Demonic, because of sin, some open doors in their lives, maybe it's some curses through their generations, Uh, maybe it's unforgiveness, whatever. But expect the Holy Spirit to show you. Do you think He wants to? Sure, He does. Sure, He does. And as you're waiting on Him and expectant in in expectation, He's going to point out to you the way you need to go in ministering to this person. Third, choose the proper prayer. Uh, If you sense that there's some demonic in that person. Uh, I feel like each situation is stands alone. It may be you want to talk to that person at another time. You feel like, could we get together tomorrow, or can we set an appointment together and just to talk about some of this? It may be that you, right there, you'd want to bind the spirit of fear or something like that. Uh, whatever the Holy Spirit's saying, do it. But throughout all of it, be very courteous to this person because he or she is trusting you to be the representative from God in that situation. That's awesome, isn't it, to think that God has placed you in a position to represent him before this person. So uh, decide the pro- uh, diagnose, diagnostic decision. Well, how are you going to pray? Next, choose the proper prayer. Uh, now, there's lots of different things we can talk about here, but just choose the proper prayer. Okay? Uh, begin to pray. Use the prayer you felt like the Holy Spirit decided on for you. Now, I always like to pray with my eyes open. Here's why. I've been broadsided once or twice. By the demonic, when I by the person I thought I was praying for, when I didn't see it, and so if you have your eyes open, you can duck if you need to, okay? But I think it's important. I don't know of any scripture that says I need to shut my eyes when we pray. Do you? I like to keep my eyes open, and uh, you you're looking at the person. You're maybe maybe there. Uh, usually I say to them, uh, you don't have to shut your eyes. If, if you're used to it and you feel like it's being irreligious, then go ahead. But you don't have to. I want to look in your eyes. I feel like your eyes tell me some things. You'd be surprised what the Holy Spirit will show you when you're looking in people's eyes. Some of you have seen that? Uh, many times you can know immediately what's happening deep inside that person's life. So uh, I'd recommend keep your eyes open. Look for effect on their countenance, good and great. If not, then uh, maybe stop praying and ask questions. Uh, what Was the Lord saying something to you or, or what happened? Uh, sometimes you have, I felt so warm or uh, didn't feel a thing. Okay. If they didn't feel a thing, maybe another question or two might help. Uh, just to make sure that you're doing the right thing. I've prayed for people at times. I said, was that what we needed to pray for? And I've had some say, not at all. I said, okay, help, fill me in on it. Where can I be of more help to you? Uh, Anoint with oil. I like to use oil. Uh, I believe it's scriptural, isn't it, to use oil? Uh, I like in Exodus 30. Talks about the anointing oil, it tells you how to mix it up. And did you know they can't find all those ingredients today? I've been told that. But we have our own, don't we? Just uh, just plain olive oil is all right if you want to use it. But use it once in a while. And it says in James 5, uh, call for the elders of the church. Now, uh, in a situation where you're praying on a team at a prayer time, I don't think it necessarily needs to be an elder, official elder. But through the pastor, he's giving you that responsibility. Is that right, Gary? You're releasing them to do that. So that's under the headship yet, okay? Anoint with oil in the name of the Lord, and the prayer offered in faith will heal the sick. Aren't you glad? Aren't you glad? Whose faith? Yours or the person? Or the people in the team, I just say yes. Is that all right? Just pray, believing God wants to heal. Uh, Now, be careful laying hands on people, okay? I know that's scriptural. I do it much. But sometimes it's very important that you ask the person, would you mind if I lay hands on you? And uh, I've had people say, "No, don't touch me." In fact, uh, uh, no, that's for another time. Uh, often it's important to ask, "May I lay? Do you mind if I lay hand on my sh- my hand on your shoulder or on your head?" Or uh, now I'm very careful where I touch a person, especially if it's a woman. If you're praying for a woman and the pains in her belly, and you're a man. You better have a woman on your team or ask the woman herself, would you lay your hand right there? And then you can place your hand on top of hers. But be careful about touching a woman in many places, all right? Any questions? Now, after you've prayed for them, uh, there's a fifth thing. What do you do afterwards? Post-prayer direction. Uh, maybe it's go and don't sin anymore. Or maybe it's go and just believe that the Holy Spirit is working in your life. Uh, maybe you need to get together again. Say, uh, would you like to have us meet together and go a little further here? But the Holy Spirit again can give direction on that. So uh maybe it's you need to go to your brother and say, I'm so sorry. Please forgive me. Any questions? Y'all ready to do it? Let me share one example of one story here. A woman from New York, a woman from California went to New York on a trip not too long ago, or at least when I read it. And, uh, she was walking along a street, a big church there, and on its cornerstone it had, heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse the leper, and cast out demons. And she was so impressed with that, she went around to the office door and went in and asked for the pastor to see him. He came out, and she said, do you do it? And he said, what? Well, I read on your sign, you heal the sick, you cleanse the leper, you drive out demons, and you, whatever the other one was, raise the dead. And before he could answer, she said, if you don't do it, don't advertise. Now. Our belief is that God wants to heal, isn't it? And aren't we glad that he's put us in the chain somewhere along the line, that we're going to have the opportunity sometime to be used by him to see him do the miraculous. God bless you.
1: Don't you love this guy? I asked Dwayne and Sharon Andrews to come today, and they've joined us. Why don't you all make your way on up here? Many of you know the story of how God healed Dwayne and Sharon. It's compiled so many lessons learned about about healing during that time. Of course, Dwayne was unconscious, so I don't know how much he learned during the time. But,
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> but anyways, would you guys just take us you know, about? 15 minutes and share with us and then we're going to go into uh, a time of worship again and then we're going to have a time of impartation and and praying for everyone who's uh, really going to here today and won't be here tonight but also uh, praying for that faith and that impartation for a real powerful time tonight so let's hear from you guys first
3: Uh, how many of y'all have heard our miraculous story Okay. Well, for most of you, this is going to be a rerun then. But I do want to share briefly what happened. This was in February of 2008. Um, well, maybe let me let Dwayne do the very beginning, and then I'll pick it up. So
2: It was uh, February beginning. Well, actually, it uh, started for me um, a few days before then. God was really putting on my heart in prayer. I think he was trying to prepare me for what was about to happen because I was really pressing into the Lord, uh, probably more than I ever have in my life in prayer. And, and, uh, I was begging God, uh, to use me mightily. Uh, I want to make a difference while I'm here. I mean, a very blessed man, wonderful family, church, everything for a long, long time. And, and yet I just had this hunger that I I wanted to make a difference that uh, would really help people see how much God really cares for them, you know, personally. And so uh, I I was praying like this for several days. Anyway, Saturday, February 2nd, I started having abdominal pains. And it just increased and increased and increased until I was literally balled up on the floor. In pain and yelled up to my wife to, to, you know, we had to go to the hospital because I couldn't take it anymore. Anyway, I'll let her take it from here.
3: <laughs> <laughs> well, took him to the hospital. This was February 2nd. Um, ended up, they got him in right away, and they found out he had severe acute pancreatitis. <clears throat> A lot of you may know someone who's had pancreatitis. Sometimes it's not that bad. His was the worst they've ever seen in the history of Arlington Memorial Hospital. Uh, From what I understand, and I'm not a medical person, uh, what they told me is the pancreatic enzymes were supposed to be, an average is around 250. His were 15,000. So, you know, I'm not a doctor, but I'm thinking, that doesn't sound good. Uh, Anyway, after three days, we thought he was going to be fine. Uh, In three days, he developed something called ARDS, acute respiratory distress syndrome, which um, pretty much kills you if you get it. Your lungs begin to fail. So... Basically, they put him on a ventilator, put a tube down his throat, and rushed me out of the room and that was it he He got worse and worse and worse, all his organs started to fail his lungs his kidneys, his pancreas he'd had a heart attack previously about ten years, ten years before that, and so he already had a weak heart, and he just got sicker and sicker and sicker um, during this whole time, people were praying for me and I and I know a lot of y'all were those you have no idea how appreciative I am of that because I remember in my journal back then sorry this was obviously a really difficult time for me thinking I'm going to lose the person I love the most in the whole world and in my journal I had written Lord please just pick me up and carry me through this time Because I just don't have the strength to do it. And as crazy as this sounds, I really wanted him to come in physical form as Jesus (laughs) and pick me up and carry me through. Well, what I realized later is we are, you are the body of Christ. And y'all carried me through. The body of Christ did come along and carry me through. Through your prayers, not just for Dwayne's healing, but for me. I know y'all were praying for me, too. Just because I had faith and a peace that passes all understanding that is not of this flesh. I'm from a long line of worriers, <laughs> and I can pick that up really easily, and I'm sure a lot of y'all can relate to that. But I didn't worry. I didn't worry. I mean, not that I I had moments moments that I started to believe things that people were telling me, doctors and nurses. But the majority of the time, I really had total faith that god was going to heal him and no matter how bad the reports got i was just i believed god was going to heal him um there was one point february the 16th when the doctors told me uh there's no way he's going to make it through the night call the family and so i did i called my brother from new mexico and he drove here praying all the way um and I, at that point, even though my faith had been really strong, I kind of crashed and burned. And I started believing that. And I was just like, well, that's it. We prayed. We battled. But it's over. Battle's lost. And, and so I was literally just, I was out by the elevators at Arlington Memorial, out by the ICU room, and I just was weeping. I slid down on the floor. And several ladies from the church, got off the elevator and knelt down and laid their hands on me and started praying for me. And Pastor Gary came in and said something that really changed, turned around my my thoughts. And he said, this is not the time for grieving. It's the time for believing. And And I... In my mind, I thought, this battle's not over yet. We're still in the war. He's still alive. Okay, they may have given him no chance. They may, and and I didn't even mention that. They said his chances of survival were zero. They didn't say 0. .111. They said zero. There's no chance he's going to survive. No chance. Zero. <laughs> so when I say this is a miracle, I'm not just talking a little miracle. I'm talking a big miracle. This was a big miracle. But, when he said that, I, I really did start thinking, I'm going to keep praying. And during this time, we were talking about this. He went on the drive here kind of reviewing all this because this was three years ago. Um, everyone came in, his family, my family, friends. They all wanted to go back and say goodbye to him. As you can imagine, that were your brother or your sister or your dad or your child or your friend. And uh, something rose up in me. Because I was thinking, I'm going to keep battling all the, to the end. I, I, he, either he's going to take his last breath and die, or he's, God's going to heal him. There's nothing in between. And I told people, even his own family members, I said, if you can go back there and pray with faith, you can go back there. But if you're going back there to say goodbye, you're not going back, period. And I, and I did, and I just thought, that's not really me. I'm not usually that quite that mean. And But... <laughs> <Harder>. <laughs> but but I am god 's warrior, as you all are too, and I just thought i am not i'm not laying down i'm not laying down this is my husband, and i 'm going to battle for him till the last second and there were people even in his own family that i wouldn 't let go back. I just thought if you hadn 't said what you want to say it 's too late you 're not going back there now, and I do believe the one of the things that I learned so much is the word god 's word is so important it 's so important i mean Not only did we pray, did I and other people pray God's word over Dwayne, which Gary talked to me about that. Wayne talked to me about that. So many people came and taught me that. And that was huge. That was huge because, um, you know, you can pray, oh, God, heal him. God, heal him. God, heal the kidney. You can pray that for so long. And there's nothing wrong with that. But when you start praying God's word and saying, God, this is what you promised, then it's not wishful thinking. You're just saying, and that's the way I would pray. I would just say, God, I want to remind you in this chapter, in this verse, you said this, Lord, prove yourself true. Prove yourself to these doctors, these nurses, to all these people. Do it for your glory. And, and not only do I believe that word went forth to Dwayne, but it built up my faith because I wasn't just thinking, well, I hope. I, I think But it was like God never lies. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And he never lies. So God's word, you can stand on that and proclaim that and know that you know that you know that you know that that's true. And that was huge. I mean, if there was one lesson I learned through all that, that would be the biggest lesson I learned. Um, Anyway, I will say some of the stuff people came along beside us and told us. I do think one thing that's important when you're praying for sick or if you have sick family members is to not let a lot of negativity speak to you or to them. Because when Dwayne was in a coma, of course, he's just sleeping. But I did believe and do believe his spirit man was taking in what people were saying. So I was back there constantly reading scripture to him, even though he was in a coma. He was in a coma for... Um, four or five, six weeks, it was a long time, and never saw any signs of life. And we conti- I continued praying out loud for him. I continued having praise worship music in his room for him to listen to all the time. And I'd come in there sometimes, and the nurses would have changed it to Country Western or something, or, <laughs> which is okay. But I was like, no, nope, change it. I, I really want this. And so I would have, you know, Bible, the, the written, you know, oral, um, a CD of the Bible playing. Or praise worship music on all the time, just believing he's going to take this in. He's going to take this in in his spirit, which I would encourage you to. But one thing I was going to say, people, a lot of people, when Dwayne was in the hospital, sent him cards, sent me cards, and a lot of people would say, This is a scripture verse God's given me. Mm -hmm. And I cannot tell you how much that encouraged me. I mean, y'all, when you do that and God impresses upon you to to write someone a card or to say something and and there's a verse that don't think that's a little thing. That's a Big thing. And it would. I can't tell you how many times that verse was exactly what I needed to hear or exactly what Dwayne needed to hear. Um, Anyway, the the big thing, after the 16th, he did survive that. February 16th is when they said to call the family, and he survived. Still looked pretty bad, but he survived. On the 20th, they said he was going to have to have, this February 20th, 2008, they said he was going to have to have a tracheotomy. And if he didn't get this, he would not survive because he, he needed this ventilator, tube thing had been in for so long that um, just having that in there was going to kill him. So they said he's got to have this tracheotomy, that he's got to have it by tomorrow, but right now we can't do the surgery because his oxygen levels were like in the 70s, uh, which meant... Again, I'm not a doctor, but my understanding is that that's how much oxygen your body is able to take in. So they're giving him as much oxygen as they can. They're giving 100% oxygen, but his body, his blood cells are only receiving 70% of that. And you, you really can't survive with that. I mean, they say, I think, in the 70s it causes brain damage. So his his blood oxygen levels had been in the 70s for days, I mean, maybe weeks. It's been, been a long time. And so I was in there, and this was the, the biggest turning point. <laughs> I was in there, and I was praying out loud, praying verses out loud over Dwayne. And uh, the nurse the nurse kept looking at me, and then she'd look at the monitors, and she'd look at me, and she'd look at the monitors. And I'm thinking, am I, like, being annoying here? You know, I am talking. I wasn't yelling, but I was talking out loud. And I said, I'm sorry, am I doing something wrong? Because I thought maybe she's going to ask me to leave. They need to do something. She goes, no, whatever you do and keep doing it because his oxygen levels just went from 70% to 91%. And that's, that is true. And not only that, they had not done any medical intervention. So you may think, yeah, but were they giving him oxygen at the same time? No, they were, there was nothing they could do. There was no medical intervention. They've been trying to get his oxygen levels up for at least three days, at least three days, with no success at all. Well, then Debbie Roberts and Dwayne's sister, Jody, Jesco came in there with me, and we started praying. Within an hour, his oxygen levels were at 100%. I mean, how can you explain that? That's just God. That is just God. It's nothing doctors were doing. Even after all that happened, I asked doctors later on, um, I mean, well, let me not get ahead of myself. On February 23rd, again, we had not seen any signs of life for Dwayne. Didn't know if he was... In there, I mean, his oxygen levels had been low. He could be brain dead. He, you know, we didn't know. And on the 23rd, we were sitting in there. I was, I was standing there, and Debbie Roberts was standing in there with me. And um, all of a sudden, I'd seen no movement from him, in at least four weeks, no nothing, no open eyes, no twitch, nothing. And the doctors were going, "We don't know. He he may not even be in there anymore." And all of a sudden, I saw his uh, mouth moving. And I told the nurse, I said, I I just saw his mouth move. And it was a man nurse named Randy. He's a really nice guy. And he said, oh, well, I'm sorry, but that's impossible because he's under heavy sedation. There's no way he could be moving. And I said, no. And I saw it. I saw his mouth moving. And all of a sudden, Debbie Roberts goes, I saw it, too. I saw it, too. (laughs) And I said, he looks like he's trying to talk. And so the nurse comes in. He gets right up in Dwayne's face and he says, Dwayne, if you can hear me, open your mouth. And Dwayne opens his mouth and he goes, if you can hear me, shut your mouth. And he shut his mouth and we were just jumping up and down. Hallelujah. Rejoicing. I mean, we were just like, whoa, this is... <laughs> I'm going to let Dwayne take over here because this is the first thing he remembers.
2: Well, <clears throat> I remember her coming up and saying to me um you know there are thousands of people uh praying for you and <coughs> and God is going to heal you and uh and I love you and don't quit don't give up and uh, that was the first thing, you know, that I remembered. And uh, from then on, uh, you know, I just started to come out of it, you know, in and, and, uh, leaps and bounds. I started coming back and regaining consciousness, and actually uh, re-entering the land of the living, you know. So, so uh, but what was amazing was just the way our church and our family just just surrounded us, you know, and uh, just, just covered us up in love and prayer. And uh, I remember waking up in my uh, hospital bed and uh, wondering, oh, my goodness, what happened, you know, because I had no idea really what had happened. Even though I looked down at my arm and I could see the bones in my arm, I was very, very frail. And everything. Um, and I couldn't speak. I had tubes running in and out of me. Several of them. And, uh, but at the same time, I could just feel the presence of God all over me. Because I had so much prayer coverage. You know, coming in uh, over and over, even after I recovered, I lost count of how many people came up to me and said, I've never been led to pray for someone like I've been led to pray for you just happened over and over and people I didn't even know you know a lot of people of course I did know and I am just so very grateful uh, because really and truly I know that if it were not for the power of prayer I wouldn't be here I'd be gone I'd be in heaven which uh, you know I kind of wish I was in heaven but uh, I am just so very grateful uh, for the power of prayer and, uh, this church that we've got to be a part of for better than 20 years. And we're so blessed to have, uh, these warriors out here where we can lock arms and pray for one another and be strengthened by it. It's that fervent prayer because God is looking at our heart. And when we pray from our heart in earnest to glorify God, He moves. He works. He works. And uh, I beg God, I had a. I was in recovery. I had a, a big blood clot in my right leg. It was about 12 to 14 inches long. And about a third of it broke loose and went into my heart, which should have killed me. And uh, they did a rapid response. And uh, fortunately, it, it broke loose, went into my lungs, which could have killed me as well. They put me back on 100% oxygen. And then I was in recovery, and I was sitting there all alone. And I was thinking, you know, Lord, why am I here? Why don't you just go ahead and take me home? I'm ready. I was at total peace. I was never, ever afraid because the Lord's arms were just around me. He was holding me and taking care of me. And uh it was a total peace. And uh, I was laying there, and that's when... He gave me um, the kick I needed to really want to come back and and recover and I begged him I said, Lord, if you'll bring me back, I promise I'll glorify you with this I'll tell everyone I know and people I don't know and I've got to share with thousands of people you know, and uh, God has been glorified through it and so The thing I prayed in the beginning, Lord, I want to do something awesome for you. It's happening. It's happening now. You know, so.
1: Praise the Lord. This story is an awesome story. And actually uh, 700 Club did a special on their story. And thousands really have been made aware of all this. I want to reiterate the lesson of praying the promises of God. So somewhere on your notes, write real big, praying the word, praying the promises of God, because that's a huge lesson. You also saw the lesson of persistence, how the persistence, keep believing, keep fighting, keep believing, keep fighting. Amen? Amen. We're about to go into a time of of worship here. Let's all stand together. And I just want to say how much I love Dwayne and Sharon Andrews. And, uh... And I'm so glad that God has kept Dwayne because he's also my fishing buddy. So Hallelujah. Well, I need him around. So.
0: Hey, I think we're just going to have uh, Dwayne and, and Sharon. I never met you guys before, but come, just come back here a second. Will you pray over us because God did a miracle for you, and you have faith for miracles, don't you? You have faith for miracles. I Just, just receive. Just put out your hands to receive, and I'm going to have... Dwayne and sure, whatever way you guys want to do it, you just pray over this group. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> have faith for to
2: fight. Mm. Lord God, I'm just so humbled by your awesome power and your unending love for us and how uh, you so loved us so personally on such a personal level. You cared about every little thing that goes on in our lives physically, emotionally, spiritually. And I pray, Lord, that uh, you would uh, just remind us how powerful prayer is just to reflect on your word. Your word is powerful. We just have to remember all your promises that you give us each and every day. They're there. They never stop, no matter what. And I just thank you, Lord God, for the, the prayer warriors in this church the friends that we have in this church, our family. I just thank you that you're a, a mighty God, a powerful God. There are people in here right now who need your prayers and uh, need to feel your presence. They're hurting in one way or another, and I pray, Lord, that you just give them hope through the story that we have. That uh, I am standing here a miracle in front of everyone, and I'm, I am blown away by it. Your love, your preciousness, the way that you just never never want to stop blessing us with your presence. And uh, I pray, Lord, that you would help us not stand in the way of anything you'd have for us. I pray that you would give us great visions, that we might impact many people, that many more will come to know you because you don't want any to be lost. And we just thank you so much, Lord God, for this opportunity. What a what a great blessing. We can look back on this now and see all the miracles, all the things you did, all the people you changed because of it made it so worth it. What a blessing. And I just thank you for this opportunity to be here today to have one more day with you. And I just thank you, God, for another day. Thank you.
3: Dear Heavenly Father, I just ask you, the way that you gave me a peace and a faith, Lord, I ask you to anoint this group of people here today with your Holy Spirit. Let faith rise up in them, Lord. Help them to just remember the miracle you did for Dwayne and to believe for the people they pray for tonight or for people they pray for outside of this church service, Lord, maybe family or friends. Lord, that faith would rise up, that we would believe and continue to believe and not give up the battle, not give up the battle, but to stay strong till the very, very end, Lord. We just thank you that you are the same today, yesterday, and forever, and that you never lie, Lord. Thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen.
0: Amen. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Father, we just thank you. Let's just go into a time of uh, worship, and then we're going to we're not done yet. We're going to have a time of impartation and just uh, we're going to pray and minister over a lot of you today so just let's worship him though let's connect with him